Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by business development consultant and expert, Christian Banat. Christian is focused on creating top funnel level opportunities for businesses. He started a concert promotion deal back in high school, and we'll uh, talk to him about that and see how, how that worked for him and all of the wonderful people he got a chance to work with. And we'll also talk to him about what he does to help businesses and what maybe he can do for you if you have a business. So Christian, thank you so much for joining me today. Curtis, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to uh, having this conversation with you. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So uh, Christian Banach, uh, as Curtis had mentioned, as you mentioned, I am a business development and growth consultant. We primarily work with advertising and marketing agencies uh, to help them develop sales and marketing plans and ultimately drive new business and growth within their firms. We do work with uh, other types of companies. I think what we'll get into today is really applicable, not just to agencies, but to really uh, any business uh, that is looking to grow, which uh, I would hope are, are most that are out there. But a little bit about my background, uh, I had, as you had mentioned, started a uh, promotions business, concert promotions business in high school. And I didn't necessarily set out to start that business. I sort of just fell into it. I think a lot of business owners can probably uh, relate to that. Uh, but uh, essentially what had happened is I went out with a group of friends and we rented a uh, banquet hall and booked some DJs. I was only 18 at the time. I just turned 18. Uh, and we went out and we promoted it at all local schools and, and uh, shopping malls and record stores back in the day. And uh, to our surprise, we had a huge turnout. Uh, we made some money. We had a whole lot of fun. And then it was like, okay, let's do another one of these. So that's how I ended up paying my way through college was doing these events. And they grew from banquet halls to concert venues, from local DJs to artists like Lady Gaga and Pitbull and T-Pain, uh, and had a lot of fun along the way and got involved then with experiential marketing. I was approached by an agency that wanted some help with uh, um, some activations in the Chicago market, which is where I'm based out of. And we did it and it went successful and we ended up doing another one and then another one. And then the light bulb kind of went on like, well, why are we working with agencies, which are sort of the middlemen in this situation? Why don't we work directly with the brands? So fast forward, uh, the business that I had was half of a concert promotions business and half of an experiential marketing agency working with companies like Allstate and Toyota. And that's how the business buzzed along for 15 years. And then the 28 recession hit and business uh, really dried up at the time. Uh, to be honest with you, I did not have a sales process. Uh, it was really a word of mouth type of business. So I went out and I hired a consultant who came in and they really helped me get all the processes in place and open me up to what a really a strategic, uh, systemized approach to new business and, and growth would look like. Uh, I kind of struggled along afterwards, to be honest with you, after um, after that still, uh, still reeling from the recession, but it was time really for a change for me. 
And I ended up closing down my business and I went to go work at advertising and marketing agencies, uh, which I did for the next 10 years in a new business director role. And what I really learned um, coming out of that sales consultant and then working with these agencies is that I had a knack for driving those top of funnel deals. So really a hunter. Uh, A lot of people talk about the close and sales or the pitch, uh, which I think is fun, but I really love the hunt and getting, you know, uncovering that opportunity in the first place. Uh, so fast forward to how I came to this business. Uh, it was 2020, uh, we were in the, uh, in the, um, middle of the pandemic and I saw agencies struggling and going out of business. And it really reminded me of how I was struggling during the recession 10 or so, uh, years prior. So I felt this time, like I was that consultant that could give back. So I ended up closing, um, uh, the relationship that I had with that agency that I was working at. And I branched off on my own and I started this uh, consulting firm. And here we are about two and a half years later, and we're working with some of the largest advertising and marketing agencies in the world. We're also helping some smaller ones that are, you know, 10 or 20 people. And uh, it's been a really great journey uh, overall. I've met a lot of great people along the way and had a lot of fun and uh, really you know, excited to share a little bit more about uh, what we actually do here, but uh, a little bit of my background there. Okay, well, s- sounds like you did a lot of uh, great things in, in, in your concert promotion uh, thing where you just setting up concerts for these famous Grammy Award winners. How did you interact with them? Yeah, so the the concert promotions business, uh, you know, is is interesting. It it there's a lot of pressure that goes involved in that. You you know have to seek out a venue. You contract with the venue. You have to find the artist. You have to pay them. Uh, you know, and those artists especially large amounts. Uh, and then you got to spend a lot of money in marketing and advertising. So there's a lot of risk that goes into producing uh, those types of events. And, you know, I was younger back then and it was a, it was a lot of fun and we, we ended up meeting some great people, um, you know, but it it is also a lot of work, you know, because you always, you know, you see the great events that go off, uh, but there's some events that don't go off, you know, as well. And you could make a lot of money, but you can lose a lot of money as well. But, you know, I've had a lot of really interesting experiences working with artists, uh, you know, when I'm talking about Pitbull or T-Pain, that was a more traditional uh, relationship where, you know, we went out, we worked with their agents to book them, uh, you know, put them into our events. And, uh, you know, I was able then to, uh, you know, meet them, you know, before the show and then after the show and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but then there's also been some really interesting stories too. Um, Lady Gaga comes to mind, uh, where everybody obviously knows Lady Gaga now and, and how famous she has become and a, a global icon, really. Um, but we had Lady Gaga, I'll tell you right now, we didn't pay anything to have Lady Gaga perform for us. We were actually approached by her record label, and this was before the, any of her songs had even hit the radio yet. And they said, hey, we have this new up and coming artist. Would you like to have her at one of your nightclubs? And to be honest with you, we never heard of her. We figured, you know what? We have this Thursday night event that we do. It's not that busy usually. Let's just try her out there because we were nervous to even have her at one of our you know, busier nightclubs. So um, we did. We had her there. And to be honest with you, it was sort of a flop. Um, she came out. She sang some songs. Nobody knew who she was, what the songs were. And it just seemed like an average night. Uh, I didn't even take the time to get a picture with her. I just figured, you know, it was another one of these, you know, artists that's trying to make it, but, you know, may not. Well, little did I know that two weeks later, Just Dance would hit the radios uh, 
uh, waves and blow up. And that was the beginning of summer that this happened. By the end of summer, she was she was already uh, you know a star. And we did treat her very well when we had her. Uh, and the record label contacted us again and said, "Hey, you know, we we're doing another promotional tour. We can bring Lady Gaga as well as Akon to your to your nightclub, uh, no cost again. Would you like to have her?" And this time, of course, we're like, "Absolutely." And within a matter of three months, we went from a dead night the first time she performed to the the next time it was a sold out. Uh, standing room only type of an experience where you could even get a ticket uh, because she had blown up so fast in just that short period of time. So I like to joke that I discovered Lady Gaga, but the reality is, uh, you know, she had obviously a lot of great people behind her. And uh, I was just lucky enough to be a part of that in a small way in the beginning. Wow, that's pretty great. Now, I know in your bio, you, you say that uh, relationship making is the key to business development. Explain that uh, concept. Yeah, relationship making. I think what what I've even described here uh, is something that we that I've even adopted just back from the concert promotion days. Uh, you know, to share a little bit about that. I mean, that's really how that business you know works. It's those relationships with the record label and the Lady Gaga situation, or agents and and others with venues. Uh, but that, you know, is, is a vital, uh, of importance. And I've tried to take that same mentality of, of building relationships to what, you know, we do with our clients. Uh, I think when you think of sales, you know, one of the number one things that comes to mind right away is leads, right? We need leads. And to me, that just seems very transactional. Uh, you know, these are not leads. These are people. Uh, and we need to treat these not as leads, but as, the, you know, how we would try to build a relationship with somebody, and we really take an approach with our clients uh, to first and foremost, put them in that mindset that, you know, every interaction that you have with that prospect, that person is an attempt to try to start and build a relationship with them. And what research shows is that there's probably only at any given time, 3% of the market that's even in market to buy services. So that means there's 97% of people you reach out to aren't in the market right now. So what do you do? Do you just blow them off and uh, ignore them and just you know hop to the next one? Uh, I think a lot of salespeople and business selling people do, but what you're ignoring is trying the opportunity to build a relationship with the 97% that you know maybe next month or six months, a year or two years or five years down the road they will be in market. And if you've done a good job of you know building that relationship and nurturing that relationship over time. Uh, they're going to think about you uh, when it's time for them to buy. And they're not going to go after other vendors and put you some through some sort of RFP process or a competitive pitch or something because you know, you've really brought that human element to uh, the relationship. And that I think is, you know, critically important. I think especially these days where, you know, everything has gone virtual and digital. It's uh, I think people crave that those that relationship even more now than before. Uh, and I think it's also much easier to, because you're not in front of people face to face to sometimes not see them as, you know, humans. And instead you're looking at as leads versus relationships. So, uh, we're big fans of that type of an approach. And, you know, it starts from the first interaction down, you know, through, you know, not even, you know, when they become a customer, but all the way through the entire life cycle of the relationship uh, with them. Explain how a business can land six and seven figure opportunities predictably, or, or you know, where they don't have to guess, they just know that they can get them. 
Yeah, I think this concept of the predictability really uh, came for me when I had that concept promotions business because it was a word of mouth type of business. You know, it was based just on relationships, but there wasn't a systemized approach to build and create and nurture those relationships. And I think that there's a lot of businesses that uh, start off, especially in the professional services space that we live in um, day in and day out, where you know you might start a business, you might be, you have a couple clients that you had in a former job and they want you to become a client. Uh, so you start a business and you bring those people aboard, but you never really uh, actually think through a systemized approach to continue to you know get in front of prospects and build relationships with them. So, you know, the, part of the key, so the, I think there's kind of two parts to this question, you know, the predictability portion of it, you know, really comes from having a system in place that, uh, you know, you are working to first and foremost, you know, get in front of these prospects, um, you know, and start to build those relationships and doing so continuously. Um, so it's a repeatable process. And what we see a lot is, you know, you get busy uh, with something and then you forget to do the relationship building and then you, you lose a client and then you're scrambling to go ahead and, uh, you know, get this process going again. And there's this sort of roller coaster that you go on. And what we really strongly advise is that this needs to be something that's always on, because if you only do it when you need the business, you're already, it's already too late. Uh, you know, it's going to take a lot of time to get the machine up and running. So you got to keep it running at all times. And that's where the predictability comes in because you'll start to learn your metrics, right? You know, if you're going to reach out to a hundred prospects every month, right? That a certain percentage of those are going to turn into, you know, meetings, discovery calls. Some of those are going to advance to the next step. And some of those are going to advance into, you know, closed one business opportunities. So once you know those metrics and you see some repeatability, you can dial it up or you can dial it down. You, you know, you know, if you're converting at 2%, then you know, well, if I double the number of prospects uh, that I'm trying to build a relationship with the next month, well, then that's going to yield, you know, 2%. So that would be double the number of, um, of closed one opportunities. So that's where the predictability comes in is really knowing your numbers and continuously, you know, feeding the top of funnel with those activities that will ultimately lead down to the new business. In terms of answering the question around six and seven figure opportunities, uh, you know, that really, I think it also is, is a mindset. And uh, part of it is really getting clear on the problems that you solve for clients. And, you know, I'm assuming that some of your listeners are, you know, small business owners or mid-sized business owners, and they may be thinking, you know, well, I don't, you know, I don't typically service companies in six and seven figure ranges. And uh, some of you might be bigger companies on here that, that are working there. But I can tell you that if you solve a problem, a very specific problem, and you do it well, and you do it unique or different, you can land bigger opportunities because I see it all the time. I see, you know, very big clients, we're talking billion dollar companies that have a very specific niche need. And when they're working maybe with their big, you know, agency partner that might have thousands of people, uh, oftentimes these big companies are very generalist and they often are very bloated. They're very expensive. Things take, take, there's a lot of timing and red tape that you have to go through. 
So these big companies, if they have a very specific need, they often are looking for a niche company that can be much more nimble, much more cost effective, and they might bring you in just to solve that very specific problem. So and, and let me use an example of that. You know, they, yes. Yeah, so the big company, are they going to, is Procter & Gamble going to hire a 10 person marketing agency to handle all of their marketing? No, that's not going to happen. But however, if you're a 10 person marketing company and you niche down and you are the absolute best out there at TikTok advertising for millennials, that's a very niche. And that's something very achievable that you could be very good at solving that one very specific problem. So a big company like Procter & Gamble might actually engage you for that one specific project for that niche opportunity. And if you do well and you prove yourself there, there will be other opportunities that can come in. So you know, my advice there is that you really have to look at specialization. Um, if you want to land six and seven figure type opportunities as a small uh, firm, you have to really specialize and be known for something very specific that can solve a big problem for uh, for companies. Why do you feel like in today's world, every agency must reimagine their GTM to accommodate today's B2B buyer? Yeah, I think what, what a lot of companies, and we've touched upon a little bit of this here, you know, so when I say GTM, uh, we're meaning your go-to-market strategy. And first and foremost, you need a go-to-market strategy, uh, You, which I do find a lot of businesses don't. They just kind of go through the motions. Again, like we mentioned earlier, they might have uh, initially started with some friends and family as clients, but they haven't thought through a sales process. So the first step really before you do even think about landing six and seven figure opportunities or having a predictable pipeline or any of that that I just spoke about, you need to take a step back and to figure out what is your overall strategy. And the key components that we think about there is, again, solving a pivotal problem. And by pivotal, I mean something that's urgent and important and something that a client is willing to pay for you to solve. So you want to get really clear on that first and foremost. Once you're clear on that, then you can start thinking about, all right, what are the types of companies or industries that are experiencing this type of problem? And once you get clear then on those companies, you can start to build you know, target lists uh, and prospect lists uh, that you can approach uh, with, your, uh, with your services. You also want to really be aware of the journey, the buyer journey that prospects go on. Uh, you know, think about it, put yourself in their shoes. If, if, you know, they may not even know they have a problem at this stage. So what type of content would educate them about the problem? Then if they do know the problem, what type of content do they maybe need to know about your solution in particular? And then if they're, you know, right there and they're, they're ready to buy, what, what is some additional content that would be helpful for, to convert them into a, into a customer? You also want to think about what can you offer them to get their attention and help break through and incentivize them to want to even meet with you in the first place? Uh, if you think you're going to reach out to a big company and just say, hey, you know, we're a small company. We would love to get 15 minutes of your time, Mr. CMO, to tell you all about us and how great we are and our people and all of that. It's not, uh, it's not going to cut through. There's just too much noise uh, with these bigger deals. However, if you can come up with something, we call it a give to get. So if you can come up with something that you can give them to get something, you have a great chance of cutting through. Uh, and that give to get could be insights. Maybe you know something really 
uh, interesting about their target audience or some other business challenge they're experiencing, or uh, perhaps you can offer a free audit or some free work or something along those lines. So you're giving something to them within reason in order to get their attention uh, and hopefully then advance that sales conversation along. You're going to want to also look at channels, you know, these prospects that you're on, like where are they living day in and day out? Are these folks going to different trade shows and events? Are they living on LinkedIn? Do they use email? Do they use phone? So you want to think of all available B2B channels, and there's a lot that are out there. And you're going to want to then figure out what are the right ones for you to play on and and where is the lowest hanging fruit because you probably don't have the resources to do all of it at one time. The last step then, and this goes to the overall idea of this go-to-market strategy. So these are all components of it, but you want to want to then get it in the market. You can sit here and you can uh, you know, theorize things all day long, but you got to go out there and just, we call it experiments, run experiments to different audience segments about different problems with different offers, all the things that I spoke about, run these short experiments and see what works. Those that seem to be getting traction, um, you know, double down on. Those that maybe aren't, consider maybe revising it. And if you've revised it and it's still not working, pivot to something else. Um, but that's really the key uh, is to you know continue to iterate. And, and you know we've been in business for two and a half years, and this is what we do for ourselves and we advise clients on it. And I can say, I mean, it took us a good year for us to really nail what I thought would be what I consider to be a more predictable pipeline. Um, and we continue to add and do experiments because we continue to want to grow. So, um, you know, you can't just get discouraged if things don't work right out of the gates, but you're going to want to look for positive signals. You know, what, you know, what are, what are some signs that things seem to be working? And, and, and again, just, you know, go deeper with those that seem like they are and, and pull back on things that you aren't. But it's, you know, it's really critical to have a go to market strategy and to really think through this type of lens. Um, you know, otherwise you're just leaving everything to chance and, you know, that might get you by, but it's certainly not going to be predictable and probably not get you your full potential. Do you have any current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about? Uh, we have a lot of different initiatives, um, you know, going on right now. Uh, you know, one thing that we're trying to figure out ourselves is, you know, we are, to take a page out of our own book, you know, looking to build relationships with uh, chief marketing officers. And, uh, you know, this is this is something fresh and new. So probably the first time I'm talking about this publicly, but, you know, a lot of our clients, um, you know, come to us and we build, you know, these sales systems for them, but we're really teaching them how to build relationships. And one thing we haven't done for ourselves, though, is to build relationships with some of these chief marketing officers ourselves. And then when we have the relationship, we can say, Hey, you know, we work with, you know, 10 different agencies, uh, you know, what are some of your needs? And then we can plug in some of the agencies that we work with directly, you know, with these chief marketing officers. So we've been trying to figure out what's the best way that we can build relationships with these CMOs. What is our give to get? Why would they even want to meet with Christian Banach and his team? And we've thought about that for a long time. And, uh, one of the things that, you know, there's going to be a, a few different as, uh, aspects to this, but uh, one thing I think you can appreciate, Curtis, is we are in the process of launching our own podcast. And what we offer, you know, so our give to get here is we are going to be able to give uh, chief marketing officers exposure. We have a very big network uh, through our social channels and through our um, email list of agency leaders and other chief marketing officers. So, 
we are actually focusing on chief marketing officers that have recently been uh, hired or promoted. So they have new initiatives, new projects that they're probably looking for some support on. And we are going to be doing interviews with them uh, as a way to, you know, get to know them and start to build a relationship, you know, with them. And it's not going to be conducted in a way that's salesy. We're not looking to convert or sell them in the podcast, but, you know, it's a way to get on their radar and they'll figure out what we do. And if there is a need for them to be connected with some agencies, I think they'll reach out to us. And, uh, you know, we've, we've, you know, hopefully done a good job of, uh, of chart, you know, starting that relationship and, you know, standing out from some others that are just going to be, you know, sending them emails, asking for them for their business. So that's something that we're, you know, we're working on right now. Uh, there's going to be a lot of other aspects to it. The podcast is just one way to build the relationship. But, you know, I wanted to share that because for those listeners that might be thinking like, you know, what is my gift to get? You know, there's another example. You know, we're going to give them some exposure to uh, an audience that's important to them. And we're hoping that that will yield a relationship, you know, for us uh, down the road. Well, so people can keep up with everything that you're up to, you and your company, throw out your contact information. Yeah. So the the best place probably would be to go to our website and it is christianbanak.com. Uh, you will be able to you know, learn a lot about us. We have an active uh, blog where there's a lot of interesting articles. Uh, we also have a free masterclass on that website that you could register for and learn a lot more about this process that I had talked about here today and us. Um, or uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, Christian Banak. I think I'm the only one out there named Christian Banak. Uh, but uh, find me on there. And if you have any questions about any of the content shared today or something else, I'm happy to answer that. Um, I, I'd love to hear from your listeners, Curtis, uh, whether you're an agency or, or anything, whether you're a small business, big business. Uh, I love connecting with everybody. So I would say the website and LinkedIn would be the best spots. Absolutely. So uh, close us out with some final thoughts, maybe something I forgot to touch on that you would like to talk about it. Just any final thoughts you have for the listeners. Yeah, I think one thing that I, I want to share here is uh, I know a lot of your podcast here, Curtis, is about, you know, motivation and uh, being inspired. And I, I think, you know, this day and age, you know, there's a lot of uh, stress that we're all dealing with. And I just want to, you know, reiterate to everybody that uh, we live in also a really great time. There's so much opportunity that's available to uh, each and every one of us. And, you know, whether you're going through something challenging right now, uh, you know, I, I, I feel this, you know, keep, keep working through it. Uh, and, and you'll find the other side of this, you know, the, every storm, you know, ends at some point in time. So, uh, I, I know personally for me, uh, I've shared a lot of the highlights of my career, but I can tell you, there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of challenges that I've, I've encountered along the way as well. It's not uh, entrepreneurs. We tend to talk about all the successes, but not the failures, but there's been a lot of failures along the way. And, uh, you know, I just say, believe in yourself and keep going. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to figure it out. Ladies and gentlemen, ChristianBanak.com. Please be sure to uh, keep up with everything that his company is up to. Also, follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible. If you have any guests, suggestions or topic suggestions, see Jackson 102 is the place to send them. Please be sure to tell a friend about the show. And thank you all for listening. And Christian, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise. Thank you, Curtis. Appreciate it. 
For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.